What's up, everybody? It's your boy Scott, and we're here with Behind the Timeline and my lovely, lovely host, Lindsay. Hi, everybody. And today we're actually doing something a little bit different. Um, we're jumping a little bit around in the timeline because uh, Friday was a big day for DC and uh, the Suicide Squad released on both HBO Max and in theaters. And we both thought that it would be a good idea to freshen things up in the in the episode stream here. So we're going to be talking about that today. And I'm very excited because I, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I'm just going to say that. I was too. I, I liked this. Um, and I'm also really excited for our first kind of jump around the multiverse here to kind of yeah. leave Disney, go over to DC and Warner Brothers and talk about some new stuff. So I'm super excited for this too. And I also liked this movie. Yeah. Um, and I generally, as evidenced by my my ongoing attempts to get us to talk about The Flash, I've actually been having kind of a, a DC summer yeah. and year. Like, I've been getting into DC stuff that I hadn't really known before. So I've been doing a lot of DC this last year and just sort of looking at it in, in a new light and watching some of the stuff I hadn't seen before, including all those CW shows and the Arrowverse. Mm. And, like, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm really, like, feeling DC right now, and I really yeah. like the Snyder Cut. So, overall, like, I'm I'm feeling more positive on DC right now than I have before, while still acknowledging what a dumpster fire a lot of it is. <laughs> yeah. um, but what, was, where are you on DC? I mean, this was general? a good... This was a good, fresh entrance back into DC because like my experience with DC when I was a kid was the comics and Batman the animated series uh, Batman the adventures of Batman and Superman I don't think it was called that I think it was just called Batman and Superman um, Batman Beyond uh, and then like the animated Justice League movies started coming out you had Justice League Doom Bat or uh, uh, Flashpoint Paradox mm -hmm. Hush all that stuff like those were kind of like my initial intro. I read a lot of the comics. Like my biggest, uh, like my biggest stint with DC was when the Blackest Night um, comic series or comic arc was going on. And if nobody's familiar with that, it's basically DC's Zombies. Um, yeah. Okay. I haven't read it, but I'm I'm aware that yeah. that exists. The zombie DC stuff, which actually it sounds fun to me. It is. It's really good. Um, and there's a lot of like what the fuck deaths in it. Um, but because it's like an Elseworlds thing, right? It's not like within continuity. It's like they can no, do it is. want in it, or it is within continuity. It I haven't is. read it's, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's right after... Um, I don't remember what it was called, but it's basically like all of the main DC heroes are dead. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, the original Firestorm is dead, Martian Manhunter, Azrael, a ton of people are dead. And... Uh, yeah, that was just, that was like my favorite one. And then Flashpoint Paradox was really great because it reset the DC universe. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I tried to watch The Arrow. I really did. I got through the first season painstakingly. Of Arrow? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what it was. I just, I felt like Deathstroke's costume looked very cosplay-y. Yeah. It, it didn't look like, oh, that's that makes sense, and someone would use that in real life. It just looked like they were trying to be like, yeah, we've got this guy. He's in the comics. You know what he looks like. This is the suit we made for him. 
I mean, they had like zero dollars in that first season of Arrow, too, right? Yeah. Like, that was the first of all of the, like, they didn't have a budget for that show. No, I know. And that's I, that's why I gave it, like, the chance. And yeah. then, um, then the Flash came out, and I loved the first season of Flash. I loved great. it. It was so awesome. Yeah. The second season was pretty good, but I started noticing this, like, trend of Barry makes a friend and he trusts them too much. And then, mm-hmm. oh shit, that friend is actually the bad guy the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of season two, <laughs> which, by the way, guys, I should have said this at the very beginning, but major spoilers for just about everything we're talking about. Again, this yeah, movie came out two fucking days ago. Including the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, major spoilers for all of it. Yeah, yeah. for all of DC. But, Some spoilers yeah. for the whole timeline. Yeah, all yeah. of it. Um... But at the end of season two, Barry's just like, hey, remember all those things that I, like, sacrificed so that everyone else could have a good life and I'd be a hero? I'm going to fucking undo that. Is that Fuck cool with you guys? all of that. Sweet. Let's do Flashpoint for exactly one episode. And yeah, it was, like, one episode. And that's what sucks is, like, Flash yeah. has such a good rogues gallery. Like, all of his speedster villains are really good. Like, Reverse mm-hmm. Flash is arguably one of my favorite DC villains of all time. I would I would make the controversial statement that he continues to be good in the in the CW show. Like that yeah. character continues to work for me, mm-hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> when he bring, and I've like okay, so this is where like things my knowledge of like the CW info or stuff like falls apart. I've never watched Supergirl. It's uh, I've never watched the Legend of Legends of Tomorrow. It's great. That's what everybody tells me, but honestly, like, I have a thing with really shitty graphics. Like, I just, I can't get past it. And that's actually one of the main reasons I stopped watching The Flash, was the animation they use for when he's running in, like, the first three seasons, it's just his his appendages moving really, really quickly. And then for no reason at all, the animation just, like, changes in season, I think it's season four, uh, to him just looking like he's running in slow motion while everything else is going super fast around him. And I was just like, this looks so dumb. Why is he doing that? There are, I don't know. There are moments. I, I like the Flash show, which is um, yeah. public knowledge at this point. But uh, but overall, without getting too far, because I could talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, because I watched all of that this year, just because I wanted to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it was a lot. Yeah. So I could oh, talk about that for a long called. time. That's what I was thinking of. Crisis on Infinite Earths is the the story that takes place right before Blackest Night. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But oh, that's okay, what I was okay, okay, okay. That yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, because that's what resets, that's like the original resetting of yeah. the DC timeline, right? But I could I could talk about that, that uh, CW stuff all day, but suffice to say that it's like, it exists, and mm-hmm. it's gonna come up again as we talk about the Suicide Squad, because there's just some crossing over characters, yeah. but, but I generally speaking enjoy all of that crap, and it is mm-hmm. crap, but I, I enjoy it. I think every season is 10 episodes too long and that's primarily the yes. issue with it but but uh, uh, moving on because we'll do an episode of it. I could talk yeah. about that forever but but so I guess we're we're pretty happy with DC generally speaking if not trepidatious right I think. now but, I am like I said I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie um James I, Gunn man yeah I know and that's why I was like ah dude this I'm gonna give this a chance because I thought Aquaman was okay um Harley Quinn, or what is it? Birds of Prey was Birds of Prey. trash. Trash. Um, Agree. And honestly, the first Suicide Squad was kind of trash. Where does this kind of sit for you? Do you think, like, amongst those, amongst the DCEU? So here's the thing. I actually really love Man of Steel. So and do I. Man it's of Steel my is what started the DCEU. 
Um, I will always say that Man of Steel is the number one DCEU movie for me, but this is probably my second. Um, even after the Snyder Cut, I just... I've never been a huge DC fanboy, like which is so funny to say because I have a Black Lantern core sticker like on the back of my car. You sound like a DC fanboy. I know, <laughs> and I, I everyone tells me that, and it's like it's fun, like there are aspects of DC that I love, like bat, some of my favorite villains in just pop culture history are Batman's villains. About, I, I love mean, Scarecrow. Sense. I love Azrael. Um, you know, it, again, I love Reverse Flash. Mm -hmm. But my problem with DC is DC never seemed, and I'll talk about it later because it's like the number one thing I, I noticed in this movie. Um, DC doesn't do a good job of grounding their stories. And so it seems very fantasy like, like it seems almost like, dude, I know I'm watching a comic book movie this whole time. Like, but when I'm watching Iron Man, I'm like, dude, that guy built that suit. That's fucking crazy. Like I could totally see someone with this level of intellect and these resources doing something like that. Well, which is funny because I think DC, like, and where they've fucked up so much is in trying to be super grounded and they fail. Mm -hmm. Like, what they tried to, you know, to do what Nolan did with his Dark Knight movies. Yeah. And they tried to translate that into Zack Snyder and into Superman and don't get me wrong Man of Steel is also my favorite of the DCEU mm -hmm. movies like I'm I really like Man of Steel I also really liked the Snyder Cut yeah. um but they tried to push it like the dark and gritty realism and trying yeah. to be super grounded and it kind of stopped working for them like audiences weren't really hungry for that anymore by the time Man of Steel came out and mm -hmm. Marvel was doing something so different and they just have been kind of all over the place and I feel like they're trying to find their tone and how grounded and real they want to be. And they've been all over the fucking place trying to do that. And the first Suicide Squad movie, it seemed like they wanted James Gunn. They were really trying to emulate yeah. what Guardians did with the color, especially. Mm -hmm. And that was right the when music, Guardians 2 came the, out. Yeah, the music. The, I remember the first trailer. I was like, dude, this has like mad rated R Guardians of the Galaxy vibes. Which was the first movie rated R? Yeah, it was. Jeez. All right. Well, they did not use it. Oh, wait. It. Maybe, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not positive about that because it turns out Birds of Prey was also rated R, which I'm like, they didn't really use their R rating, which this movie did. And I did not know this was rated R going into it. And thank God they just let James Gunn write and direct this movie. It's like yeah. nobody tried to tell him what to do. And you can tell. And it's why this movie works. And they use their R rating. Like, I can yeah. fucking tell this is rated R. In the first scene I can tell this is rated R when I saw the blood off of the canary that he murders oh, yeah. which that wasn't lost on me the canary stuff um I was like oh shit what mm -hmm. that's not what's happening and I had to look it up and yeah. I was like what I didn't know we were watching a rated R DC movie like okay yeah <laughs> and, and I think that that's what really made it I think all DC films from now on should just should be, be rated, rated R. R yeah um and I was wrong by the way the original Suicide Squad from 2016 was PG-13 see I thought so I I yeah they all yeah. should just be rated R and Batman saying fuck in the Snyder Cut yep. sealed it for me I was like, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. Batman should say fuck. Like, we should really rate all... They want to be grounded and gritty and whatever. Mm -hmm. Give it all an R rating, because oh, yeah. it yeah, made absolutely. this movie. And, and just let your directors and your writers do the thing they're going to do, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, that point has been hammered, you know, to death by yeah. everyone, but... It's the WB. They won't do that, though. 
Well, they did a little bit here, and it's what made this movie work, so I hope they do it going forward. Because, I mean, look at what just happened with the Snyder Cut. It's ridiculous. Like, right Mm -hmm. now they're talking about the director's cut of the original Suicide Squad from... I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, The guy who directed that. I actually don't remember that either. (laughs) I can't remember it, and I'm going to not fuck it up. But I... You know, it, that's ridiculous. Like, I get it. It was a great marketing thing. Like, he, and I say hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Like, I want to see Justice League two from Zack Snyder. But David Ayer, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That, so everyone's like, release the air cut, right? Yeah. Is the thing that's happening right now. And I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus. Like, just how about just let these guys make these movies to begin with, and maybe I'll make your money back, DC. Fuck. Yeah. So I was glad that they allowed James Gunn to do that. I'm stoked that James Gunn got to do this movie. Mm-hmm. I. I feel like this was a massive redemption for DC and the Suicide Squad, and... I do, too. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I did. I, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was way funnier and way more, way more like... It just felt naturally funny to me. Like, nothing felt forced. Right. Like it wasn't like Guardians thing, of the Galaxy. Well, so, like, yeah, kind of. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy was funny because they or, okay, played Guardians off each other, but the two. first Suicide Squad... It was it was more like they set up situations that were supposed to pay off to be funny. Like when Harley breaks into the jewelry store and steals the purse or whatever. And she's like, we're bad guys. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not funny. And like, I, if you yeah. guys were with the military, you would have just stopped her from doing that. Why are you I just watching right. her do this shit? It, the, well, that movie made no sense. Yeah. But I... <laughs> And I did rewatch it before watching this one, and I'm like, did oh you? god, this was so much better. Well, because yeah. I'd only seen the original one a few times, because it's Uh-oh. just bad. But uh, general stuff before we kind of get into it, um, so that this isn't a three-hour-long review, because <laughs> I feel like that we could easily do that. Yeah. Um, my other sort of going into it thoughts were, thank god they actually killed members of the Suicide Squad, which we'll talk about Squad One in a second. And like James Gunn gets what Suicide Squad should be. Like yeah. actually, like we need a death count. I was mm-hmm. really stoked to see it, and it was brutal and very R-rated. I thought the music was good. Yeah, that was my. That's literally my first note in this. Is mm-hmm. uh, let me go back and find it because I literally it was, I said it out loud. I was like, oh, movie opens with Johnny Cash. I'm fucking about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm in. I same. And they did a great job of like. Like, this movie was good, but it wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it didn't have as many needle drops as Guardians, I felt Mm -hmm. like. And it certainly didn't have as many as the first movie, which was just trying to knock off James Gunn. And it just had some great, it had a great soundtrack, but it just didn't, like, work in the movie. This one was not super in your face. And all of the needle drops were really, really well done, I thought. Mm -hmm. It was, like, subtle. It wasn't, like... It was really good. It was... I really, really liked the way they used it. And I really liked the, like, the lettering in each scene. Mm -hmm. Like, the meanwhile, Harley. Yeah, that was really cool. I liked the way it was kind of, like, diegetic. Like, it was in the... Yeah, it was part of it. It was, like, waves would blow up on the beach. So, I actually, like... This is how stupid I was, because I couldn't figure it out, like, because she's insane. I couldn't figure out if it really was there, the part where it says, like, Meanwhile, Harley. I couldn't uh-huh. figure out if that was, like, real or not until, like, a couple scenes later when that wasn't there on the side of the hole. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's all, none of, none of it's, like, the characters don't see it, uh-huh. but it's made out of the actual stuff yeah, in the scenes it's or it's written in the into scene. the scenes. Yeah, which I really like. And lots of movies do that, but I thought this was really well done with it. 
Um, so, do you want to read a summary for this? Yeah, for the plot, I, and then we'll kind of talk about it. some of the characters here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another thing that's really important to to mention about this is, um, while it is a pseudo sequel to Suicide Squad, it does stand on its own. The only things that really reference back are the facts that Harley, Boomerang, and Waller are back. There is literally no Dude, don't mention. Don't forget Rick Flag. Well, yeah, and Rick my Flag. Boy, sorry. Rick Flag is yeah. in this movie. This is yeah. This is not a retcon or a reboot though. It's yeah. a soft sequel. It the there's no mention of where Killer Croc is. There's no mention of where Deadshot is. Um, they literally don't even come up. Like no one even makes a comment about them in the back. Um, but basically. Uh, I'm actually just going to read yours because yours is really good. Um, After the ruling family of Cordo Maltese is murdered in a military coup, the U.S. government's double top secret alien starfish project is at risk of being taken over by the new Luna regime, or worse, exposed to the public. It's up to the Suicide Squad to take out Project Starfish, but is covering up the project, the U.S. government, the right thing to do? And that's actually, like, the reason I like your your um, synopsis for the movie is we don't even know that's the plot of the movie until like the the very end of the movie yeah yeah because and that was something that the first suicide squad did which the first one didn't do it very well they were like why are we going into the city I couldn't even follow the plot. I could not tell you the plot of the first movie. Like, this was... James Gunn knows how to write a movie that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like, every single character has a character arc with payoff, I think, without exception. Well, we'll talk about Peacemaker, because he's getting set up for his own TV show, so he gets a little bit less of a wrap-up. But everybody else, like, gets a whole arc. It is well-written. Like, the surprise like that what the plot is feels organic when you mm-hmm. get there and you're curious to find out what's going on throughout like your next step is really clear right mm-hmm. where it's like go find the thinker okay like it's and you're getting lots of cool character stuff along the way like it just it was just well written it just yeah. made sense which i really appreciate in a dc film yeah absolutely <laughs> it, it just kind of like i was like all right here we go this is what we're doing let's let's get on with it um yeah, they do just, they give you, like, a two-minute opener with um, Savant. Savant. Yeah, yeah which Luther. I'm like, yeah, my note is, is that Yondu? It totally yeah. is. <laughs> like, I actually started calling him Yondu while I was watching this. Yeah, Michael Rooker. Yeah, Michael yeah, Rooker. Michael Rooker. Yeah, um, so it, it starts with him being picked for the Suicide Squad, and it's like they give you, like, a one-minute rundown of what it means to be on the Suicide Squad, and they put the bomb in his head, and, and it's just like, okay, no fucking around, let's just go. I do, and it's already Betty, mm-hmm. better and funnier than the original. Yeah. And so let's talk about this X-Force stuff, because this was really fun. Like, So, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up, um, because... The very first trailer that came out for this movie, I knew immediately just about everyone they're showing was going to die. I, I don't know why. I could just kind of tell. Um, I knew, obviously, Harley wasn't going to. Um, right. I knew uh, Bloodsport probably wasn't going to. Um, and then once I found out about the show, I knew Peacemaker was going to make it through in some way. Um but, like, the fact that we only see, like, Blackguard and Weasel and TDK in, like, the first clip of the trailer. 
mm-hmm. and not like when the bigger stuff in the meat of the trailer is going on. I was like, okay, yeah, they're definitely all dead, which is like a breath of fresh air compared to the first one because everybody except for like I think two survived the the first Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, they. Slipknot dies because he tries to escape, and then Diablo dies because he goes like. He like fire God and fights. Right? Yeah, he basically lets himself go. Yeah, but that's it. Well, and that's why I say like good on them for doing this whole kind of X Force mon- or uh, homage. Yeah. Which I don't even know that that's what it is. I think it's just true to the Suicide Squad, but it that's is, like immediately yeah. the movie scene that comes to my mind because it lasts about as long, right? Mm-hmm. And I somehow like I didn't watch a lot of promotional stuff for this, mm-hmm. um, because I just. I think while this was being promoted, I was still in the Arrowverse, like, watching that through Crisis. I think I just wasn't... There was, like, a minute, guys, where I was not doing anything but that um, through the early part of the summer, so I think I'm going to just miss a lot of the marketing for this movie. But, uh, I mean, I was really invested in The Flash, but in any case, (laughs) I made that my mission, like, all the early part of the summer. It was fun. I, I may have to give it another chance. Like, I don't know. I will talk offline about it. It's too yeah. much. It's like 700 hours. It's obscene. It's, it's too much to do yeah. all of it. But in any case, I miss a lot of the marketing for this. And so I I knew that those were not the characters who were our main characters. Like, mm-hmm. I knew I was looking for Killer Shark and etc. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, mostly yeah. him, right? And, Id- oh, and yeah. I knew Idris Elba. And, like, when I saw Pete Davidson... Um, as Blackguard, I was like, oh, Pete Davidson's in this movie? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I didn't even know. So even though I knew these were not our main guys, I didn't expect everyone to die. And I'm, like, taking notes, and I'm trying to write down, like, okay, these are all the characters. Let me write them down, because I'm going to have to look up, you know, who they are in DC, because some of them I don't know very well, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, my God, Blackguard died, like, when they took him out. I'm like, oh, shit. Dude. So I Or I made my note on Weasel, and then I'm like, Pete Davidson's dead already. And then it was the next one, and then it started going too fast, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I was like, hold I, on, hold on, hold on. Everybody's about to die. This isn't like I was trying to like pause and like keep a note of of the I order had of to. death. Yeah, I literally had to pause it like three or four times. First of all, the way that Pete Davidson dies is so fucking not messing around. No. Like <laughs> it just there are some things I'm gonna keep from this episode because if you guys are going to watch it i want you guys to experience a lot of that stuff for the first time um suffice it to say he does already if you're listening yeah honestly um but him i kind of saw that coming too. him selling them out because he seemed really jumpy and really like what the fuck are we doing like come on like i want to get the hell out of here but also Mm -hmm. like let's go um I also don't get why Flag didn't just shoot him right there when he's standing up on the beach. Like, hey guys, it's me. Like, dude, he clearly like has betrayed you guys. Just fucking waste him. Well, or like why Waller doesn't take him out. Yeah. I mean, because it's because that whole scene is funny because this is a cold open. Yeah. Which is insane. So we have we have Blackguard. This is Team One, right? Who get murdered? Who uh-huh. are just a distraction sent in to be Annihilated. killed? So we, yeah, Blackguard with Pete Davidson, Captain Boomerang, who is back and dies. And that broke my heart. I'm not gonna lie. That one broke my heart. I was so pissed. He was dead. I kind of was just like, oh, well, fuck, okay. Like, I don't, yeah. I didn't really know what to think of that. Like, I didn't really, uh, I didn't expect that from a returning character, but I also think Captain Boomerang is just, like, so deeply lame. He is a character who shows up in the CW shows. Yeah, he does. Um, but, but 
I don't know. I was. I guess I like. I like. I liked him in the original, but I mean. It, yeah, that's. My I, thing. I wasn't like, too broken up about it. He. He's a flash villain, and like, and we see mm-hmm. that in the first Suicide Squad. Like they, when they give each other's backstories, uh, Ezra Miller does has a cameo. Yeah. As Flash and catches Captain Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like that Harley calls him Boomer. I know. I thought like, that they was have sweet. that like friendship. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was really cool. Um, yeah. That really kind of did surprise me. Like when it shows the helicopter going down. Well, we have to to explain the helicopter. So another member of the team is Mon Gal, who is the daughter of Mongol, who was a huge Superman villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very similar to Darkseid. But way, way less powerful. Um, and she's an alien. She's an alien, she's, and she has super strength, and all of that is her power, right? So she's yeah. like, "I got this." And it, this was maybe the most X Forcey part of that yeah, scene. Was. I felt like was her thing, where she's like, "I got it. Nobody worry. I'm gonna take down this helicopter. Like I got the chopper or whatever she yeah. says." And she like does this super jump into the air and grabs onto the helicopter, and then very realistically which we rarely see in movies yeah. like, so if you grab onto a helicopter that shit is going down like it needs to be balanced and yeah. she grabs onto it and it goes immediately and explodes and knocks a couple people's heads off I think and she dies oh, yeah. and it's like a whole yeah like it burns her alive funny. and what I it thought was, was really interesting and also super ridiculous was as soon as she grabs it literally as soon as she holds onto it she doesn't try to get in the helicopter she no. literally is just like holding on and then she just starts screaming like a little girl <laughs> and like she's spinning around and I'm just like what was the end goal here I don't know and I think that's what's great about it though is yeah. they, don't, they don't have a plan they're not heroes like yeah. <laughs> you know that's, that's very true um, so, yeah so she's immediately dead and then we have uh, Javelin who is like a suicide useless. squad guy in the character yeah. in the um, comics but I guess my understanding, and I don't know, I just was like from a quick Google, mm-hmm. but his whole backstory in the comics is, is that he's an ex-Olympian. He doesn't have any powers. He's no. just really good with the javelin, which yeah. I think is hilarious and belongs in this movie. Yeah, I'm like, I, what the fuck? I was like, dude, why are Nobody you Nobody has powers. There's like yeah. two people with powers, and it's I, which I'm like, cool. Let's, you know, fine. Um, and he dies, and then we'll talk about his thing with Harley. Um, but, well, I guess yeah. why not just talk about it? He So he dies, and he... Um, Harley runs over to him, and like they had a bonding moment in the, in the like the the helicopter. Oh yeah, on the she's way like, over. I love your accent. And, yeah. yeah, before they dump them in the water, and we, they're like, does anyone know if Weasel knows yeah. how to swim? Did anyone check to see if Weasel could swim? Yeah, he just fucking so drowns. Funny. I was like, come on, dude. What the also, fuck? like since we're on the real quick, we're on the topic of uh, accents. I want to point out that this movie, Margot Robbie finally decides Harley's gonna have a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. In Birds of Prey and the original Suicide Squad, she kind of teeters between her own thing and the Brooklyn accent, because she calls him Mr. J, like she's supposed to. But at other times, like, it just, it it goes out the window. It almost, like, there's times where it almost sounds like a British accent, or I don't know. But this one, she's, she's like... Australian, is she not? I believe so, yes. So maybe it's just that, like, they they got a dialect coach or whatever that was able to get her through it. Because, yeah, she sounded like she had a much stronger Brooklyn Mm -hmm. accent in this one. Um, But, yeah, she goes over to Javelin because they had this, like, little hilarious accent-loving moment. Um, And then he's like, you're the only one 
uh, that can carry my javelin. And in my head, I was like, how the fuck does he know that? You guys talked for like 12 seconds. <laughs> but Well, because it's all just such a piss take, right? It's just yeah. really, it's all parody of, you know, what this scene would look like in a more serious movie. Yeah. Well, you know? and she's like, she spends the whole movie trying to figure out what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, because he says, take my javelin four, I think, and he dies, right? And she's like, for who? Why? Why do I have yeah, to take the javelin? she starts slapping his dead body. Yeah, and then, and I like how that comes back around when yeah. she takes out, uh... Star later, which yeah. like it was everybody gets an arc, so that worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have TDK, which stands for the detachable kid, which is so fucking funny. And dude, he when he dis- he disengages his arms and like that's his power, like he's one of the only ones with like an actual superpower, yeah. right? And it looks like it's he's gonna like throw his arms wicked fast, and but they don't go fast, no, they go super slow, just creeping through the air, and like just, just slap everybody, in the yeah. Face. <laughs> That shit was so funny, and the only yeah, thing that that about him that made me laugh harder was when they're in the they're in the carrier right before that, and he's like, "So your name's TDK, right? What's that for? Or what is that? Like, what's it mm-hmm. stand for?" And he's like, "It's for me. I'm TDK." And he's like, "Your name's just letters." And Boomerang goes, "All names are letters, you dickhead." I was laughing <laughs> so fucking hard. Well, which also is kind of a Guardians line, right? From yeah. when they're talking about, um, uh, what is it? Oh, shoot. Now I'm drawing a blank and I just had it. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, no, to to nowhere or something. They say that's a made up name. Oh, yeah, they we're say going all to names nowhere. are made up. All names are made up. Yeah. yeah, all names are made up. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, so all names are letters. So that kind of tracks across. <laughs> that was, was very so like good. James Gunny. And there's a lot um, of like random little like jokes like that. Like later on when Peacemaker and Bloodsport are talking. Oh, okay. So I feel like this is a good time for me to mention this. One of the biggest things that takes me out of DC movies is they don't use their real names. They use their, like, villain or hero names. Yeah. And I think that's weird because calling someone Peacemaker or yelling, like, Bloodsport, come on, is not as... It just doesn't feel as natural as, Rick, let's go. Yeah. Or Harley, come on. Well, and it's certainly not what they're doing in the MCU, right? Where they've basically done away with secret identities. So it's like, I don't know if DC is just trying to like be contrary or different or well, and yeah, and that's that's the the thing that makes me. That's what takes me out of it. That's the comic booky part of it for me. Because even Waller, a government official, is like Bloodsport. I need you to do this, and it's like right. Dude, you know his real name. Like, why wouldn't you just call him by his real name? And why are they, like, especially with the villains, they're, like, kind of, like, validating these identities yeah. and this stuff. Like, it's... You're right, that's a little bit weird. Yeah. It, um... <laughs> I kind of don't mind it because it's kind of campy, but it's also, yeah, like... Yeah, uh, like, for this, I was kind of okay with it, but it still kind of bothered me when she's yelling over the radio for Savant to turn around. Yeah. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, just... Stop. Just Call say him his, by his name. Yeah, come on. Um, but <laughs> and anyway, so yes. I guess Savant, yeah, yeah, is the next guy, right? Like he's he's it's it's Michael Rooker. 
Yeah. Um, he's kind of like our our sort of protagonist. We're seeing it through his eyes when he, he's yeah. the one who gets like we see the process of being added to the squad. But he dies super quickly, and then the canary like eats his eyeball after he's dead, which was really graphic. And yeah, she takes a bite out of the back of his head. Yeah, yeah but that's pretty. He dies. These guys are all dead, right? Mm-hmm. Flag um, gets he gets shot, but then he gets picked up by what we think are more soldiers. Yeah, right. Um, but he ends up being. He'll be back. I liked flagging this a lot, incidentally. I did, too. Uh, Um, But that's when we move over. Like, it's revealed from the control room that there is a second team. Right. And Um, the last... The only one that we did... The only thing I want to say about Team 1 before we move on, though, is how horrifying Weasel is. Oh, I know. Like, and how funny everything around him was. Like, the line that Flag says where he's like, I, I think he's agreed to do this. And they're like, is that oh, a yeah. dog? Like, what's happening? And he's like... <laughs> Boomerang's just like, what kind of dog would that be? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. And then TDK just... I can't remember what Brady says, but he says something. And I'm like, dude, are you guys, you guys are all idiots. It's like, so funny what morons they are. But yeah. what I really wanted to just note on him is that he's motion captured by Sean Gunn. Yeah. Who will appear later in a quick cameo. But I do feel like Sean Gunn is kind of progressively becoming like a comedy Andy Circus. I agree. Where yep. he's he's a really great mocap actor. Yeah. And I hope that he gets work outside of his brother's movies because I think he's doing a really good job. So I, I hope that he like continues that trend because I think he would be a great sort of foil and partner to Andy Circus in the mocap world of just making these great characters. So yeah. he was, I liked Weasel. He did a really good job. <laughs> and then cold as shit Harley Quinn Harley Quinn is on the uh, team one that's gonna be sent out to be murdered and I'm like what the fuck and obviously she gets away well yeah she gets captured like she gets which I I also thought was really funny and very Harley like when Javelin dies and she's smacking his face and then she gets surrounded by the troops or whatever she's yelling at them like they need to understand why she can't be taken yet yeah like, no, I have to figure out what the fuck this guy is giving me this javelin for. It's so frustrating. Yeah. She, and, and we'll talk about Harley more later, but I do want to point out that, like, my first note on this is, is Harley Quinn is back and she is fully clothed. Yeah. And I looked, I paused it and looked because normally um, in these types of things, when especially when the characters have been basically naked for every other appearance on screen, which she has been, mm-hmm. they need to have like a producer credit or some shit to get a costume that is clothes. And Har- Margot Robbie does not have a producer credit on this at all. Like she had no such power to secure clothing, which mm-hmm. I was going to bet a lot on that because... Yeah you do see that a lot where it's like oh so and so got you know treated really a lot better on this set and it's like oh well she has a producer credit mm-hmm. she did not they just James Gunn just let let her be clothed in this movie which I thought was great for Harley Quinn because there's more to her than her short shorts so yeah. I was really pleased by that right away um, mm-hmm. and all her tattoos are updated after she dumped Joker yep. it says property of no one now and I'm kind of just I'm really like rooting for Harley in this movie so I liked her a lot yes yeah. I liked the changes to her character I thought it was I thought it was just like a good change of pace for mm-hmm. her like it, it felt like she finally figured out the kind of Harley she wanted to play yeah I agree, and they and James Gunn let her do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, maybe she was that's actually more what's going on here. I, yeah, yeah. They let James Gunn make this movie the way that they wanted to make it, and it doesn't suck. And it's shocker, right? I know. Yeah, that's the that's the big part of it. <laughs> so um, 
So then we pan out. Everybody's dead, right? And we pan out over to team two because these guys were a distraction. Are we ready Mm -hmm. to talk about team two? Yeah, let's go. Um... So we get we get Bloodsport, who is not Deadshot, played by Idris Elba, and I think basically yep. the idea is if Will Smith wants to come back one day, they wanted to leave that open and not they recast could. him. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the plan there, and I guess he's a super Superman villain. Yeah, I actually had a hard time really kind of finding much on him. Yeah. Other than, yeah, he's fought he's fought Superman before. He's fought Cyborg before. Um, in the comics, his tech is a little bit different. His suit actually becomes whatever he's fighting. He doesn't have to take it off. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I really liked his gear. All of it. Yeah, his, his helmet. His helmet was his, sick as fuck. Yeah, he had like the uh, like a xenomorph face. Like yeah. the whole thing was just everything about it was cool. And the way he would just sort of pull pieces of his costume off and they turn into a gun, and or yeah. what it was like he can turn anything into a deadly weapon and is his power, right? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if it's really a power or if he just has tech, but I really, really like it. It looks cool. Like they, it, it, the graphics on it were great. Yeah, they were. And um, uh, I liked his screaming match with his kid. I thought that was really, really funny. Yeah, that was really good. And fuck then, you, fuck you, yeah, fuck you. She's sixteen. And that, I know. I thought that was hilarious. I really so, enjoyed that. I thought it was funny, but here's where I started to teeter on interest a little bit. Um, mm. I couldn't figure out what kind of movie this was supposed to be because. Bloodsport at the beginning just felt like Deadshot. I know. He's good with every weapon. He has a problem with his daughter. Uh, he tells her to stay away from him. He's just trying to do his time. It just was... It was weird to me. And I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be like an action comedy, if this has like drama in it, or if this was supposed to be like a dramedy. Um, I think what's going on with Bloodsport is that when they wrote the script, I would suspect they were intending for him to be Deadshot. Deadshot, and yeah. Probably that might be one of the spots where where the studio interfered. I have no idea, but it seems to me that it was like, no, leave this open for Will Smith in case he wants to do it. Like when it became clear that he wasn't going to come back, I bet you they started making adjustments because it is eerie. Yeah. Like it's basically. It is Will Smith. It's Deadshot, but they just—they're well, yeah. like, "Oh shit, no! Wait, maybe maybe <laughs> Big Willie's gonna come back." Like, so who's the nearest, you know, DC How criminal that's similar to, to that? How yeah. close can we can we get and bring in Idris Elba? Because I, when they announced this movie years ago, I thought that Idris Elba was gonna play Deadshot. Yeah. I thought they were recasting him. So I think I kind of suspect that that's what happened. Because yeah, it's it's very very similar. It's kind of a carbon copy and fine. Yeah. Because Deadshot is a great Suicide Squad character. He Deadshot he, is in the suicide squad in arrow which yeah, they do have a suicide squad there like he belongs in the in the squad i'm i was fine with the carbon copy of him and i also thought idris elba was really good and like i did too i thought idris elba did a, a different great way. job yeah i thought he was awesome so yeah. i like, really liked him so speaking to the hilarity of like him just being like dead shot we now come to peacemaker yeah and I they literally <laughs> make a comment like Bloodsport literally says, when Waller is like, he can turn, uh, he can turn anything he touches into a weapon, and Deadshot's like, what the hell do we need him for? That's literally what I can do. Well, and it's literally how she describes 
blood yeah. short, blood sport, like two minutes before, right? I know. <laughs> like the same words. <laughs> and he's just. It was <laughs> subtle, the humor. Like it wasn't right it was, in your face, yeah. that joke, you it know? It didn't like just come out of nowhere. And I think, I think I really like that Peacemaker is in this movie because he originally started out as a comic book character from the 60s in a in a company that wasn't DC. Um, right. But the company went under in 1969 and DC bought Peacemaker. They didn't buy everything from it. Um, they bought Peacemaker. And Peacemaker got his own five-issue series in 1988. And I thought it was really cool that they introduced him in this movie because he does have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And... He does. He is just. He's John Cena is just fucking hilarious. He's he great. is just so funny. Well, and they're giving him his own show because they're yeah. doing. They're a DC smartly, I think, per our comments on how much all of this should be rated R. Um, they're going to start moving their TV presence onto HBO Max, starting yeah. with a Peacemaker show that's going to come out soon with John Cena. And I'm like, great move, Grant Gustin over there and give him a decent set of writers and an R rating. It would be dope. Like, just let's move all of this shit. Like, let's just close down the CW and move this baby over to HBO Max because yeah. I think it'll be a lot better. I really They're putting on a Batman show. There's going to be Green Lantern. So I'm excited to see yeah. them, like, slowly make that shift and start putting their TV stuff out on HBO because I think it'll be good and Bloodsport's going to be the first one to get his own thing. He has the post credit in this movie of him not being dead. I'm sorry, Peacemaker. Peacemaker, yeah. Um, I was like, wait, no. He Hang on. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking at my notes and reading Bloodsport <laughs> and say, trying to say Peacemaker. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he's going to get his own thing, which I think is really great. And I really love his whole, like, he's so dedicated to peace that he'll kill anyone he'll to get kill it. It's anybody. just so ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, cool, that, that plays. Like, I... I yeah. really like that. And and his gun is so... Everything about him is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, his helmet doesn't make any sense. I don't fucking get that. <laughs> it do, it doesn't serve any purpose. It's, there's no it's tech. There. There's no heads-up display. It's just a shiny helm. And, <laughs> yeah, there like, isn't any. It's just there. Yeah. It's just campy comic booky. Like, it's a, it's a James Gunn pick that makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, roll with it. And I love his... Rivalry with Bloodsport, and he tells him he can shoot bullets better than him, <laughs> and then he just shoots the bullet inside the bullet hole or whatever. That shit was so funny. Yeah, in the end, in their no, last. No, well, so yeah, he does that at the end. He shoots between oh, he his bullet, but when the they're talking home. about it, he's like, "How can you? Sh- how can you kill people better than me?" Right. And he's like, "I shoot inside your bullet hole it's through your bullet." Yeah. It's so accurate. This is they're... so dumb. It was, and I loved it. And I also liked, um, and I really noticed this, like, sort of after the beach scene when they're, like, murdering all of the, like, the good guys by accident, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) There's, there's a lot of female gaze in this movie, which is not something that you see very often. And, like, good on you, James Gunn. Like, I really noticed it. There's, like... There's a lot of it, and a lot of it is John Cena. At, like, like later in the Dude. movie when Luna's coming out of the bathtub, for instance. Like, that's something oh, yeah. you normally would see Margot Robbie doing. And I really liked them flipping that and getting to watch Margot Robbie watch this sexy-ass dude get naked out of his tub. Like, 
that really worked for me, but I thought that John Cena's dick and his tidy whities was a little excessive. I was like, Jesus. Okay. The funniest part about that is that they all just make a comment about it. Oh, yeah. They're all just like, dude, you're standing. Why are you standing out here in your tidy whities? Mm-hmm. And I just thought that shit was so funny. And, and normally they would do that with a female actress and make it a joke and have it yeah. be, you know, and I just really liked how they flipped that around and there's dick in this movie, which is my favorite thing just from a representation standpoint like I just I like seeing male full frontal nudity because for a long time it was really taboo like if you think about Sex in the City there are zero dicks in six or seven seasons of Sex in the City there are no dicks not a one and I have no frame of reference for that I'm gonna well it's just ridiculous the women are naked in every episode you know like we've seen women naked on TV and movies for a really really long time and we only really started seeing a lot of dick like in Game of Thrones and when Westworld started and I love it give me more like casual naked dudes to just even things out and and this movie had a lot of that for me and I was stoked so that's my thoughts on John Cena (laughs) this is I support it and the tidy whities were touch excessive. Yeah. Just um, just a tad. But, you know. But so. we do have a few more characters here on t- on the B squad or team B. Yeah. Um and the next one on my list is my favorite in this movie, which is King Shark. Oh my god. Yeah. Just everything about him is was so great. Mm-hmm. From reading the book upside down to trying to <laughs> tell them he's going to wear a disguise, too. He's so cute. He's oh like Groot. He is Groot, right? He like, is, yeah. He's their yeah. Groot. Yeah, and I love it. And he's so cute. And he's like, fake mustache. And he's holding his hand up. Yeah. Like, and I thought... And they're like, I, we're still going to see you're a shark. And he just goes, fuck! <laughs> and walks away. And he's, I love his, I mean, he gets a character arc too, right? I, I love, I love his he relationship with Ratcatcher yeah. too. Yeah. Of like, but if we were friends, would you eat your friends? No? All right, let's be friends. And like his, the little fish in the aquarium that want to be friends with him. And like, he's just great. And I, my first note on this is like, man, he's so short because. He kind of was. Like the well, CW version to, of him is that's super what I was jacked. Say. King Shark on the CW is like eight feet tall yeah. and yeah, jacked, does not look like a shark, like looks no. like a dude who would fuck you up and also has a shark head and <laughs> is a lot scarier. But then I sort of I sort of went back and, and thought about this again because I'm like, you know, he's a bad guy on The Flash. Like he's our yeah. Groot in this movie. So of course he looks cuter and he's not as scary looking and I don't think he's supposed to be. And great, it's a different mm-hmm. version of the character. Um and, and he's voiced and he's by Sylvester badass. Stallone. I mean, yeah. come on. It's so great. It and he rips the dude in two, and oh, it's so stylized. Such a good scene. It looks really good. And also, his shorts are funny. Like, I remember yeah. those from American Eagle in the early 2000s. Yep. Pretty and sure I love that I they, had they don't those fit shorts. him. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he wears them and, like, they stay on or whatever, but it's very obvious. He has to, like, you see him do it a couple times, but, like, when he pulls them up and stuff, I'm just like, oh, he's, like, kind of real. He's like, he was the best part of this movie. And I also liked the really subtle irony of the fact that even though there are two scenes where he's in water in the beginning when they, when they swim in, right. And then when the aquarium breaks open later in the third act, but we never actually see him like swim or be more useful in the water. Like that's not part of it. Like it's just, (laughs) (laughs) 
you would think that there'd be yeah, a scene where like he gets to like there would have to be to a like, part where he's like no like they, they put him to good use eating people and that yeah. shit was so funny to he, me too <laughs> gnawing on that dude's head towards the dude, end yeah. like, nom noms and they're like no that's no. not like I, he is a lot like you know what he is too he's not Groot he's a baby Groot yeah Specifically, he's just of dumb. like, you have to tell him what to do all the time, and he's like, he reminds me of Groot with the bomb, like, do this? Yeah. No. But this one? No. <laughs> like, it was just, I really liked the use of King Shark in this. He's definitely going to be the breakout character. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, if it's not him, it's definitely Peacemaker. Yeah, for or sure. Or Ratcatcher well, 2. If Ratcatcher 2 doesn't come back in some way, like, I am going to be very upset. I really liked Ratcatcher 2. Sebastian. Gets oh a my huge god! Fuck yes, all Dude, day. Who I love doesn't Sebastian. want Sebastian at the end of this? I was so mad. I even wrote it in my notes. I was like, "Bro, give shake the fucking rat's hand." Mm-hmm. I know. And like, well, and I really liked that though. Yeah. That there's this. It, it's a whole part of uh, you know Idris Elba's arc. Yeah, it actually made sense. It wasn't just like, oh, rats are gross. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, like, this movie is well written. Mm -hmm. It's actually, like, a reasonably tight script. Like, this movie works. I also really liked her narcolepsy. Um, She was hilarious. She was just asleep all the time, and they're like, fucking millennials. Dude, that was... I lost First of all, I don't know that she's that old. I kind of think she's a Z, but I don't know. She (laughs) does seem kind of young. Yeah, it was a little bit like, "Mm, James Gunn... You don't get it. You don't know that what a millennial was... is. But I, my comp- my one of my my bigger Jesus, issues with the me. movie though mm. was with her. Even though I liked her a lot, one of my biggest sort of notes on like, uh, you guys, what the fuck was like her whole thing with her dad, who's played by Taika Waititi, which was great. Yeah, was like shoehorned in at the very end. This yeah. whole thing where it's like. The downtrodden, that's why rats, because we're gonna, and it, that's kind of like her character arc of something, something, yeah, the but it's like such of a creatures. Reverse, yeah, it's like, it's such a reverse arc, though, because we don't even find out, like, any of that. I mean, we find it out on the bus, and that's the same time we find out Bloodsport, why Bloodsport is afraid of rats or whatever. Yeah. But getting that conclusion of like oh this is why we chose rats i'm like that's weird why wouldn't we have just shown that when she was talking about the story in the bus and it's like a commentary on the suicide squad themselves that they're the lowliest right but that they're but that they're gonna have their day and they can be good guys too or they can be heroes too like it all it's it it makes sense Mm -hmm. i just wish they'd given it to us a lot sooner um just putting it in at the end there made it feel really weak but if that's my biggest complaint here i think this movie did a good job so yeah so ratcatcher 2 is good and then the last the last one we have here for um Squad B is Polka Dot Man. And... Dude. This guy... What the actual fuck? So, dude's mom experimented on him in Star Labs, which I'm like, can we get this guy over on uh, the CW? This character's wild. So... (laughs) The best thing about him is he was in... He was put in this movie literally because James Gunn was like, who is the dumbest DC villain? Yeah, and for sure this guy. Yeah, it was either it was a tie between him and Condiment King. Condiment King. Well, he gets his shout out in in Lego Batman. He does, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I did like that they kind of changed his background to be like he has an alien virus inside him. Uh huh. And dude, when he finally uses his power, my only thought was, dude, 
Polka Dot Man is so fucking overpowered. Oh, 100%. He has the best power. He's one of the only really powered yeah. um, of the squad, right? And yeah, right? Isn't he? Because he has yeah. a power. Ratcatcher 2 has tech. King Shark is a shark. Peacemaker doesn't really have a power. Bloodsport doesn't really have a power. Yeah. So, and, and Harley doesn't really have a power. So he's really like the one with a power in the yeah. group, to be honest. He's the most super powered of them. And, he is. He's also he the is, most fucked up of all of them. But. Yeah, his thing with his mom was, it didn't hit as well for me as I think they intended it to as a joke. I just thought it was, it was funny. so funny. I thought was, when he's like, all I, they're like, do you ever see your mom? And he's like, yeah, all the time. All and the time. it's just his mom, like nine times, dressed as all of them. That bit was funny. And, and also because Sebastian if you zoom in on it, dude, no way. Has glasses on, yeah. Oh it's done God. like his mom. I I saw that after, and I was like, ah, that's great. Like, I have to go back and watch it now. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't make me laugh out loud. A lot of this movie didn't, which is where it's not going to get like a super high mm-hmm. high score from me at the end. But it was. But but the jokes were kind of subtle and well done, and I enjoyed them. And. And let's kind of get there. So that's those are our characters. The mission, if we're ready to move on to yeah. it. Oh, the only other thing I had to say, sorry, about Polka Dot Man and that bit is, is Sean Gunn as Calendar Man when oh, Polka yeah, Dot yeah, Man's yeah. getting signed up, right? Yep. Um, so he has his Calendar Man cameo and then Double Down is next to him, who's a Flash villain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they get, they get quick little Easter egg cameos. But... Uh, so the mission is invade Jotunheim and destroy Project Starfish, right? And yeah. the whole thing is it's at Colton Maltese, which is a place that shows up in DC stuff all the time. It's in the Arrowverse. They mention it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the mission is to destroy the whole place, including all the data. And they say that it's to stop Luna from getting Starro, which, to be fair, seems like would have had a pretty Reasonable. bad outcome. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, and that. Yeah, let's because make sure that does. doesn't happen. He literally does tell Harley, and this is like the first part of the movie that actually, like, I was like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Um, was when he's explaining his plan to her, and then she just like shoots him. I kept expecting him to get shot through the window. I know. I was like, "Dude, this guy's gonna get killed." Pain. Yeah, I was like, "This guy's gonna get killed," and that general guy is gonna take over for him. Um, but no, she shoots him with. And this is just me being like a historical buff. She shoots him with a gorgeous 1865 Navy issued revolver, which yep. I think is really funny that she comments on like it was actually loaded. Was, yeah. yeah, I can't believe there was a bullet in this. <laughs> that scene was great. And should we should we wait to get there? Should we just jump into the Harley stuff? I feel like there's really no if like because by this point like everyone's definitely seen it, so there's no need to go like plot point by plot point i think we can just kind of like go yeah like yeah and that meanwhile the guy the everyone else just kills all the good guys and that's where we leave them before operation harley and yeah which i also thought was really funny because they're all just like nah we didn't see anybody there's no one like we didn't pass anyone and then (laughs) king sharp fucking coughs up a finger yeah (laughs) 
I thought that was really funny. And then the only, I think the only other thing worth mentioning before we move into the Harley stuff is just that we do get, like, they are on mission, which I appreciate. Yeah. They go into this club and they have this tension reliever scene that's a lot better, I thought, than the bar bonding scene in the first movie. And we're on mission to meet up with the thinker because the thinker's supposed to get them into Jotunheim, right? It's like, yeah. it makes sense. The plan fucking makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was able to follow it, which is really impressive for a DC movie. And, yeah. and they do that. They have this this nice scene where everyone parties and bonds and it worked for me and then they meet up with Thinker and half of them get picked up by the army and there's a sweet car chase and all car chases should, should, should be in R-rated movies they should from be now on. R-rated movies, yeah, they absolutely. should all be R-rated because it worked really, really well yeah. for me. I like when they all knew how to like kill the dude in one in move. In the one move? Yeah, that yeah, was cool. Yeah, that worked for me. In fact, that whole sequence worked for me. Yeah. But then we cut away to Harley. <laughs> yeah. Which is where we were trying to get to. And... Yep. I loved when she was uh, like, no, red flags, absolutely not, dude, I'm just going to murder you. Yeah. She, like, compliments his dick while he's dying. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I think you look the most handsome here with your face covered in blood on the tile. And I'm like, what is right, happening? She's like, now that all those nasty thoughts are out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, but I loved that. And then... I love that she needs rescuing zero percent and that she uses her acrobatic skills dude to get out of it once she gets captured yeah which is a huge a huge payoff to showing her doing all this like aerobics and shit in the first one but doing nothing with it mm-hmm. the only thing we saw her do was in the first one was when she's holding onto the rope from the helicopter yeah, that's the only payoff for that, where she's yeah. doing the acrobatic stuff. Yeah, because we see her like that in the in the jail cell in the mm-hmm. beginning. But she uses it a lot here, and whoever did the fight choreography in this scene was brilliant, because it yep. looks like a dance with her like shoving all the doors on them. Like, it's very <laughs> acrobatic. Yeah. Like, it fits for Harley, and Dude, it was yeah. great for her. And her getting to, like, show off that upper body strength, she pulls herself up on the chains and then, like, chokes the guy out with her legs. Yeah, which, that was cool. Yeah, and, and that's a move that... They give to a lot of female superheroes. So yeah. at least Black Widow does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the scissors, yeah. like where she takes dudes out with her thighs. Like yep. so, and I also liked the like Harley Vision with the flowers. And oh stuff my god, and the, and the like Disney animals and shit. Yeah, that yeah, was so I'm funny. Like, All right, like that was weird, but it works. It was. It was cool to see because my whole time watching this, I was like, dude, this is like the Harley that we should have gotten from the mm-hmm. beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but it's like, it's gritty and overtly graphic and stuff, but it's still very Harley because it's like, she's killing these guys with like guns and she's very proficient, but then like the one dude won't go down. So she's just, she literally beats him in the face with the prison door like four times. And then I'm just like, this is so unnecessary. The guy's already passed out. Stop hitting him. But that's so fucking funny. I feel like Harley just deserves to exist in an R rated movie. It's like taking Deadpool out of the R rated atmosphere. It just doesn't make any fucking sense, which incidentally this movie like felt it felt Deadpool to me because it's an R-rated superhero yeah. comedy, right? Which Deadpool's our only point of reference for, right? The only other R-rated yeah. superhero movies are Birds of Prey, apparently, which yeah, they Birds didn't do anything with their R-rating, mm-hmm. and Logan, um, Logan, which was a different movie, right? Not a comedy. So right. this you, being yeah. another R-rated comedy, it felt very Deadpool, but it had none of the fourth wall breaking. So it felt very not Deadpool, and... <laughs> Yeah. It did a great. It's it's it really 
did a good job on its own. Like, it didn't rip on Deadpool. I liked that it, because it didn't break the fourth wall. Yeah. Had it done that, I think I would have a lot more complaints. Like, but it really felt original. Like, it... Yeah. It did good. It. I liked the way they handled this. And they I used agree. their R rating very well. Yeah. I think I would have had a, a pretty... I, I don't think I would have had, like, a huge problem... But I feel like it, that had happened if they had done, like, a fourth wall break. I feel like I would have just been sitting there like, dude, come on. Like, we've done this before. Like, And this yeah. isn't something that the Suicide Squad does. No, right. Exactly. And it is something that Deadpool does. And yeah. I think that James That's Gunn, like, like knew exactly him. what to do with this movie. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that they let him. Because that's where DC fucks up every time. And I'm, yeah. I'm so glad they let him make the movie that he wanted to make. Because it's clear that that's what they did. And... It totally works, and this whole Harley thing, I think, is great. I, yeah. you know, I'm. I feel like um, she's probably ready to graduate to her own movie that isn't garbage. Because Birds of Prey really is like the on the lowest of my list for DC films. Like yeah. it was not good, and hmm. I feel like she's ready to kind of like lead her own movie. But also, I'm not sad that she was in this one. Like, even though she isn't with the squad until like the third act, I really feel like she glues the movie together. Oh yeah, for sure. I like her side mission. I like them giving her this opportunity as a character to not need to be rescued at all. And ha- and yeah. to, like want to be with her friends. I love when she's like, Oh, I can, she I can sees go them, back like, inside trying to, and do it yeah. if you want to. I could go back in if she said they're yeah. like, that's patronizing. Idris yeah. <laughs> Elba's like up the side of the building yeah. and he's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? She gets out <laughs> on her own. But I love that they go back for her. I love that Operation Jotunheim changes. Like it's in fire, written in fire in front yeah, of them, right? And then, and then like Jotunheim Operation goes out Harley. in smoke. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was so great that they go back for Harley. Like that... Um, that flag cares about her. Yeah. Like they're friends. Like you see that from both sides. Like the characters yeah. are written, the art makes sense. I think that sense. was like I think that was really, really important to show. Like it's obvious that they have bonded and they have been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that is this unspoken and unshown thing that like they're the only two members of Task Force X mm-hmm. that have continued to survive. Mm-hmm. It it kind of feels like Killer Croc died at one point. Um, Katana's dead because, I mean, obviously, she didn't do a single thing in the first Suicide she Squad was movie. So I don't wasted even, and misused. Yeah. I don't know what she was even there for. I don't either. Um, Boomerang, Eastern. I thought was supposed to be in the Flash movie, but I guess not. And I kind of, I still am really upset. Time doesn't died. matter in the Flash. He could be back. It's, it's that's it's, very true. Yeah, I'm not it's even worried true. about that. We don't have any concept of what that timeline looks like, yeah. so I'm not even worried about that. He could easily be in the Flash movie. Yeah, but no, I just I loved their dynamic. Like, and then when they're when they finally are talking to the Thinker, it's funny that like he doesn't tell Harley to shut up when she's like, if you have personalized license plates. <laughs> um, that scene was really funny. Yeah. Then, like, the part that I actually did laugh out loud, like, the hardest at was when they're still interrogating him, and she's just like, I'm walking back and forth. Yeah, I, was like, I did, too. fuck? <laughs> that felt like a, um, like an improv from Margot Robbie. That I feel really like it was, like because they all line. look at her like, what? It was so funny. <laughs> I liked right that bit. And, and, of course, Joker had... Um, personalized plates, right? Yes, you did. So I liked that callback. And 
I, I just thought she was great. I feel like she's just, I, I really like Margot Robbie. I like everything that she does. I think she's brilliant, yeah. and I feel like she was brilliant in this, and she just does a great job, and I, I just love the arc that they gave her, and that mm. she comes through in the end here to take out Starro, which, surprising villain pick, right? We see them yeah. go, they get into Jotunheim, they click the elevator button that says, Dirty Little Secrets. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that show was pretty good. I I did really like that. Um, and what did you think of Starro as like the villain pick for this movie? And we, well, actually, you know what? Before we get to Starro as the villain, back on that other scene, tell me what you think of the, of the Thinker. Let's talk about the Thinker for a minute before we move on too far. I this is where I started to to realize like oh shit this is still a DC movie right um <laughs> they don't know what they're doing with him is Not he a mad scientist is he this weird pervy guy is he what the fuck is up with his his process or like the additions to his skull cause nothing yeah. with that gets explained or nothing happens with that um, I do like his line. It's him, right? That says uh, when Ratcatcher Two is like, I could have you know a hundred rats up your yeah, asshole, and he's, he's like, like, you'd, you'd be, be surprised, surprised by that answer. I, yeah. yeah. How would you like this? And he's like, well, you'd be surprised. I like See, that. See, that's the thing. Like, that I, was funny. It was funny, but I was like, I don't get this. Like, what? It, what is his? He doesn't know. He doesn't use his powers at all. Like, it's he not doesn't. Even and explained like. Why does he look like that? Why why is he there? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, and then they kill him fucking brutally. Dude, that was unambiguously. So I'm like, wait, are we? We're just never gonna find out now. Like, that's how you're gonna do the thinker Mm -hmm. in the DCEU, and now it's just over. Yeah, that's. And honestly, I was kind of fine with that. I don't. He's not like a majorly great villain. He is a good villain. He's a Flash villain, but yeah. Um. He's just, the main villain in season four of The Flash. Like, yeah, he is. the big bad in season four of The Flash. And that's, I think that's where a lot of people are getting thrown by this, is a lot of people only know the CW. Like, people who didn't yeah. read the comics, or, like, they they came into this right as The Flash, you know, gained popularity. So, to them... I mean, that's me, right? I don't yeah. know these comics very well. You yeah, know? so, okay, we can use you as an example. Yeah, for sure, because most of my knowledge of the thinker comes from, you know, see, seeing Flash. him on the CW and yeah. then having looked it up because I'm a nerd. But had right. I not, like, been on the internet about it, all I know is what I see in the CW. Exactly, and so, like, to you, the version of the thinker that you were introduced to is this hard-ass plot, like, plotting and perfectly meticulous version of you know the the villain and then in this movie it's like a complete 180 he yeah. he's weird he's i don't even know what his accent is supposed to be from he no he I, just, <laughs> I can't even use the word scummy because he isn't scummy he just feels weird to me well, and also, you're right on the pervy thing, right? Because Starro's like, he had his way with me, which yeah, I'm like, yo, that was... and then he just gives you, like, was... this little, like, grin, and I'm like, that's fucking gross, dude. Yeah, that's that not even funny. Yeah, that was just Like, no, it was really dark, and I'm like, yeah. wait, we're obviously not talking about the starfish, right? We're probably talking about the corpses who have yeah. the mini starfish on their heads, which makes it even more fucked up. So I'm like, 
Okay, that actually was like maybe that line the TVA can take because I was that opened a whole other box of worms for me that I didn't need. I was like, that's it wasn't a joke. Like yeah. that's too fucked up to just like say and walk away from. I was like, wait, he did what? And yeah, he just he at least on the CW they explain that he's a meta. Mm-hmm. Like he actually has powers that he uses. This dude just has like the the little electric nodes on his head, and I don't I don't know what we're supposed to make of it. They don't yeah. talk about it in the least. And so like, he's I another, thought he was the worst part of this movie, basically. I, I actually do too. He, well, he and Starro, but Starro for a different reason. Oh, all right. Let's disagree um, on Starro because okay. I really liked Starro. I I like that they gave him this little like emotion behind him he he felt realer to me than the thinker honestly definitely um when he enters the room and all of the occupied or like the test subjects or whatever mm-hmm. are they are very clearly afraid of him oh yeah so it kind of i don't want to say humanized because he's not but it kind of gave this like dimension to starro he wasn't just this like he wasn't a conqueror either that's the thing Th- yeah. the thinker calls him that but he yeah. like he even jokes he's like but there's like no point to that no cause he's just he's so you don't get the feeling that he's the bad guy at all yeah. honestly like and that's what's interesting about this movie is that the US government is kind of the bad guy so yeah. which makes sense in a suicide suicide squad movie like again the whole thing actually like is well written and makes sense mm-hmm. i i like it but yeah starro's really like a sympathetic villain-ish character but they make it really clear like when it, when ratcatcher 2 is down there with bloodsport and the thinker right yeah and all of the drone starfish are like, are you coming to save us? He's kept us here for all this time and all the things. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, in yeah. no way is, is Starro the bad guy here. See, that's where I had the problem. He isn't the okay. bad guy. He gets his revenge on the thinker. And then why does he want the the island? I don't. That's the part I don't understand. Like all he wanted was freedom and he even says that when when Margot Robbie kills him or no he sorry he says that to Ratcatcher 2 and Bloodsport he's like I was happy just floating amongst the stars that was so sad well I think he's like he's in a stuck spot right it's like he's been kept in that building since he was brought down from space in that in a cage right so um, I can see assuming that your only option is to take everybody out yeah. Like, I, I get that. Like, if I'm Starro, I'm going to come out and fucking murder everybody and then plot my way back into space. I'm not going to get captured again. Fuck that. If that's all you know of the human race mm-hmm. and of Earth, I empathize with Starro. But I, I and I, I guess that's what I like about Starro is that he's not really the villain. I'm actually okay with that. I think this is yeah. a cool subversion where the bad guy is the government and the thinker. And Waller, Waller, yeah, yeah, the whole Black Ops operation, the whole idea of like, oh, we're totally cool with doing this kind of heinous stuff. We just don't want to do it on U.S. soil. Like right. all of that tracked for me of of the sort of subverting all of this and making the U.S. government the bad guy. Hundred percent worked. Felt in line with with a Suicide Squad concept. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's their bad guy. That is their bad guy. That's who has them in this position anyway with a bomb in their brain. 
right? It totally tracks yeah. for me. So I actually really liked that subversion of it not really being Starro as a bad guy. I really, it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, like, that that part of it was fine. I think, I think my issue is, ultimately, this takes place in the same universe that the Justice League took place in. Yeah. So... <laughs> The only reason we're led to believe that Superman doesn't fly in and just launch Starro into space is he's in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. But how long ago did that happen? Because Dubois has clearly been in prison for a very long time. Yeah, I didn't get the the impression that we're supposed to believe that that's where Superman currently is. Yeah, and I don't I know. I had the impression, like, and this is the problem with DC continuity, right? Yeah. The impression that I had was Henry Cavill is no longer under contract, and until such time as we Superman cast a new Superman, exist. he doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> or he's on he's on sabbatical. Like Superman's been suspended from the canon, just the same yeah. way that Batman's not showing up, and just like or Wonder Woman or the Flash, or fucking <laughs> any of them. Like it's just, it's like yeah. But, Fine. I do. This is the problem. DC doesn't know. At least Marvel would at least do a throwaway line to explain it, like in Spider-Man: Far From Home, where they're like, "What about Captain Marvel?" And he's like, "Don't invoke her name." Like, yeah. What about Doctor Strange? He's busy. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, Like, that's. And here's the thing: like, the first Suicide Squad movie has Batman in it. Batman is like, and the Flash, the villain. The Flash is in it. We know that they exist. That in this movie. Yeah, it, this one, it's it's just kind of like, we're not going to talk about these guys. Like, Wonder Woman's not coming to help you. Or Cyborg isn't going to be the one that we send in to destroy this, like, facility or whatever. Right, which makes no sense. Because if all the U.S. government wanted was to wipe those files, which really, that's yeah. all they were interested in. They didn't actually care if Luna got a hold of Starro. Yeah. Disastrous as that would have been. The U.S. government didn't give a fuck. So, per their actual motives, it makes a lot more sense to call in Cyborg and say can you come and trash these servers? Which he could do in a second. Cyborg could have deleted all of that data in a second and it's over. And I'm sure he might not have agreed to do that, which is why, you know, these, these prisoners who they're forcing to do it makes sense. But they fail to bring us into that wider continuity. They could have had a a throwaway line that was like, Cyborg told us to go fuck ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So we need to pull in the Suicide Squad to fix this. They could have had a background scene with Waller and her team Mm -hmm. who incidentally we haven't really mentioned, but I love Waller's team. I love the Deadpool that they have going on in the opening credits after the cold open. (laughs) I, I liked their whole thing and I liked their mutiny. I did too. And then I didn't like it because it's a very huge change from the Waller we saw in the first Suicide Squad where she just killed the t- people on her team, like right there in that room when Flag yeah. is there to pick her up and take her out of the city, which I still don't understand because she was at the prison. So how the fuck did she get in the city? But mm. whatever. Um, but then in this one, she's like, oh, one of my like subordinates hit, literally knocked me the fuck out. I'm not going to kill anybody. Yeah, I noticed that, too. And I I also thought, like, I don't know, I had questions about, like, her whole thing. Like, I guess her whole motivation is just not to let this data out, but it's like they already had kind of secured that. Like, the Suicide Squad, when they disobey her, 
you know, which bling, brings Bloodsport's um, arc kind of full circle to go do the right thing and right, right. find the good in him that Sebastian knew was there and all this stuff. Like, fucking Sebastian. Love him. Um, but when he refuses to follow orders, the orders he's refusing to follow are to just leave, to leave this yeah. place to get destroyed. And it's like, why is she so invested in that that she's going to murder him? Like, I, it's just a control thing for her. Mm-hmm. I just, I I'm is. like, your data's already sorted, dude. Like, they, which I guess we should talk about kind of the the main part of the third act of this, um, which is them destroying this building and the fight over the hard drive, right? Yeah. And I, again, I think it's I think it's well done. I like the reveal of what this plot is coming in the third act. I do too. Again, because I know a couple things and I am used to movies like this, I 100% saw one of them working for Waller. I couldn't actually figure out who it was, but I could tell that somebody What is going on? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I had to I was opening the door for the cat who was screaming. Oh, I thought it was my door. No, you're okay. I just, I'm sorry, and I didn't hit mute. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I'm sure you could hear him crying for the last three minutes, and I'm like, if I can hear it through my headphones, everyone else can. I should just open the door and let him in, because he's (laughs) screaming out there. No, you're good. (laughs) I was just like, wait, holy (laughs) shit, I don't have a cat. What does that sound like? Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, this is getting distracting. He's... (laughs) Kevin's a howler. Yeah. I know, baby. He was alone. Anyway, sorry. Um, no, you're So, good. We're ta- we were talking about um, the reveal in the just, hard drive fight. Yeah. Right? I just, I could kind of tell that somebody was on Waller's, like, I, I can't even say payroll because they're not being paid, but it, someone was working for Waller beyond what they were tasked to do. Right. And it made, after it was revealed, it made sense that it was Peacekeeper because he's already ready to go when she arrives. Everyone else is like woken up or they come and get them. But Peacemaker was outside his door standing at attention, meaning he'd already been talked to. Right. I I think that it made perfect sense for him to be the one who was set up yeah. that way. And it really helped explain, like, I don't get this guy, right? When I was watching it through, having not, like, you know, looked into who this character is. Because I don't know him from DC, right? This right. is the first time I'm seeing this character. So I'm like, what is this guy's dude? Like, why is he called Peacemaker? Why is he, how is he a bad guy? I was like, my initial notes were like, this guy seems like he wants to be a good guy. Yeah. But... Also, again, villain of this movie really is Waller in the government. And so he is kind of this, like, weird, inverted Captain America character who's, like, (sighs) toxically in favor of, you know, the American priorities, I guess. You know what I mean? Of, like, the, the agenda. Like, the government's agenda, he is, like, toxically in favor of. And I actually really liked that. Like, I thought he was, like, an interesting, complex character who seems kind of like he's a like we know he's a villain still in the suicide squad he seems like he's kind of trying to be a good guy but then it's like oh right but the things that seem like you're trying to be good are actually bad because the villain of this movie is the american agenda yeah. so 
I actually thought it it worked and it was done really well and I was so mad at him for killing Flag and I'm like my note is like come on Flag you're not gonna kill anybody and it's gone <laughs> fuck okay shit yeah. like I was like dude <laughs> come on seriously like I that's didn't see that happening and here's here's the other thing that like the whole, the other reason that I really like Peacemaker it very clearly pained him to do that. Mm-hmm. Like it was not he he even told him he's like come on Colonel like I have immense respect for you like don't make me do this and I think Flag saying Peacemaker what a joke mm-hmm. right before he died I think that was like a huge like kick in the balls to to John Cena's character. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out in his yeah. HBO Max show, because he really, like, that's kind of the end of his arc, right? Because um, they think he's dead. Yeah, they all think he's dead. Right? He's alive in the post credit scene, so it's very, it, like, seems like it's over for him, and it's like, wow, his arc really was just, like, to reinforce that he was a douchebag. But no, it really is setting him up to have, like, some questions about his choices once he gets into his own show. So I liked that. I think it left us with questions about him, and that's good, because we know we're getting more of him. Um, but I can't believe he killed Flag. Like I, and we see like the piece of tile that he kills Flag with. Like we get like the X-ray view of it slicing through his heart, and I'm like, oh yeah. my god! Like he's really dead. He's not coming back. Yeah. And well, he and then he gets cr- he gets crushed. He's covered. When Starro escapes, he's literally like buried. So yeah. there was no help of getting him out of there. No, he's done. He Flag is for real dead. I think. Which. Yeah. Again, good. I'm glad they're killing people in this movie and not just in the cold open, even though that was satisfyingly a bloodbath. Um, but I'm glad that they continue to do it because there should be stakes in a Suicide Squad movie. So even though I'm sad Flag's dead, I'm glad that there continue to be stakes. Yeah. Um, so, and and I liked, uh, I liked Peacemaker chasing down Ratcatcher 2. And... Yeah. I liked what happened here because they do this a couple times in this movie where we see, you know, like the opening scene and then it goes back and it's like two days late earlier or whatever it is. Um, and in this one, we get Ratcatcher 2 being chased down and then right as he's about to kill her for the hard drive, it's eight minutes earlier. And I'm like, sure, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why? This feels disjointed like The Witcher season one, mm-hmm. which I was like, I don't, this is too complicated. Not everything has to be Westworld. <laughs> And I just, I'm like, God, okay. And for a second, I didn't get it. But then I'm like, oh, because I thought Starro was destroying the building. And then when they do it later, I'm like, oh, it's they, they show them accidentally blow the explosives too soon. And that's what did it in this like uneven way that like splits the building in half instead of demolishing it properly, which I assume is their goal. Um, Because they go off by accident, right? Because of Polka Dot Man throws out the polka dots and blows up the pile right. of explosives. Which, I want to go I want to make the comment that uh, the whole Milton thing was <laughs> yeah. so fucking good. So funny. I have a note that says I also don't remember Milton. <laughs> Dude, I remember like watching him place those with them and I'm just like why is he with them? I didn't even didn't even track for me that he was there. I had no oh idea God. he was with them. It was so so it really worked for me because yeah, I was like who? <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then he's like, dude, he's just, the fact that Bloodsport is just like, wait, has he been with us like the whole time? And then Harley's just like, who are we talking about? Yeah, she's like, and then and I like how later she's like called she Bloodsport Milton. Milton. She's like, we just had a conversation for three, three hours, hours about, about how it. your name is Milton. I'm like. 
I love her character. She's so everything. Funny. Everything that involved Polka Dot Man in this movie was was just top notch. It was in, well in, done, like in every way. And also, the guy who plays Polka Dot Man, which I didn't mention this earlier, um, plays Abracadabra in the Flash on CW. Does he really? I didn't I'm know pretty that. sure. Pretty sure that's him. Ninety nine percent sure that's right. That's crazy. I know, right? And he's great as Abracadabra. I actually like Abracadabra on the CW show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, everything that he does is awesome, including his death scene where he's like, I'm a superhero, and he gets I'm crushed by Starro. superhero, like, Jesus. Yeah. But his power is the best, and, like, they would not have been able to win without him, I, I feel. Yeah. Pretty convinced that that's the case. Well, and that's why I was, that's what, it just goes back to my original comment. He's just overpowered. Like he literally destroys one of Starro's legs with yeah. with his power, and with I think that's why they shot. killed him. Yeah, it's because like he could have just killed Starro on his own. I think he could have. Yeah, I mean we don't know whether the polka dots run out. That's yeah. the only question, right? We've seen them get to be too much and have to be like expelled from him, which was yeah. funny and weird. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of. I was a little bit like, why the fuck are we doing this? But, but okay. we don't ever find out whether he runs out. Like, we don't see him try to, like, overuse this power, which makes sense because he's kind of overpowered. So, yeah. again, the writing is good. Like, it's... <laughs> but I like this eight minutes earlier thing that explains how the explosives went off. And then we get to see everyone kind of, like, doing their ridiculous superhero jumps off of the building and... King Shark with his... I love when he, he sees the aquarium and he sees all the little fish and they keep doing the arrow to go up to, like, try and put him back on task. Because he's basically Baby Groot, right? He's supposed to be yeah. going up and putting the explosives on each floor, I think. Oh, but he gets yeah. distracted yeah, yeah, yeah. and they turn wanders. into an arrow. Yeah. Like, it's the glass pointing up. They're like, go back. You stay on task is how I took that. <laughs> like, what are you... That wasn't your job. What are you doing? That was. I don't know if that's what that was meant to be, but that's how I interpreted it. And uh, and then they turn out to be so evil, and the scene where they pull him underwater looks just like Jaws. Jaws, yeah. Yeah, right, with the big blood gush coming up after he goes under. Yeah, that was intense. I was like, no way. I was so concerned they were going to kill him, because, again, like, stakes are real. Like, characters are, main characters are still dying. So mm. I was concerned he was going to die. I was so glad when he didn't. And um, also Idris Elba. Would have broken both his knees multiple times with oh, that yeah. landing. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't believe it was a fucking awesome entrance. I I just honestly I have to imagine that the suit protected him in some way because that otherwise that just does not make sense. And also no. I'm realizing now that we're talking about it, um, Polka Dot Man is played by David. I think his last name is Das Malkin, Das Malchian, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, he's the Russian computer hacker from Ant Man. Oh my god! Yeah. Am I right about him being Abracadabra? Yes, he is, he is Abracadabra. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's funny. So this guy's great. This guy just, like, hangs out in superhero movies. He's yeah. just jumping around universes. So, like, it's his business. I like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I like yeah. I like Idris Elba saving Ratcatcher 2 a lot. I thought uh, that yeah. was really good. Um, and then I love the kaiju. We got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. I was kaiju like, up oh, in this shit. shit. I, I'm like, okay, so what the actual fuck indeed? Like, I really think they could do a good job of making, like, one Starro. First of all, Starro's pretty scary when he's tearing the thinker apart and, like, yeah. his arms are crashing through the building. We have, like, Ratcatcher 2 running away. Like, that all was, was pretty menacing on its own. But 
when Starro gets out, like the fact that they were able to make him menacing yeah. was great because it was very much like a Ghostbusters moment. So, yeah, and I'm really glad that you you said it like that because that's exactly what I thought because watching him just, like, stomp through the the city, I was like, this looks so dumb. Yeah. Like, there's no way for you to make a giant starfish look menacing in any way. But, like, I think the way they kind of succeeded in it is he just is, like, purposely stepping on people. Well, and also, like, the way that he, like, screams and his, like, gills, like, yeah. parts of his body open up and he's got, like, the little ones coming out of his armpit and they can basically fly. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, we're fucked. Like, that, yeah. I I bought that 100%. And I like the way that they had the very campy, like, pause and the letters. It was, like, Suicide Squad versus Star of the Destroyer. Yeah, and I'm like, that was funny. Yeah, this, th- because they framed it that way, you know, like, they were, James Gunn just really knew what he was doing with this yeah. movie, I think. Because they made that menacing and scary and a believable threat while still being campy and ridiculous and funny and that's what we wanted I mean that's what I would have wanted out of this movie right yeah and I think they did a great job of doing it um and also incidentally in the Snyder cut of Justice League we do see like a mechanical starro latch onto somebody's face at one yeah, point I uh I had to look that up because I don't remember that scene um, I remember it, but I can't remember, like, what part of the movie it's in. Because, I don't know, Snyder Cut's, like, four and a half hours long. I yeah, it is. I'm going to... I'm sure it's all over YouTube now that Suicide Squad's out. So I'm sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I do I do want to go back and, and look at that. Because I read that last night when I was looking up just, like, f- like fun facts about the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I... Yeah, I thought that was really cool that they do kind of, like, have that callback. Um and here's another see here's another thing that I have I take issue with DC movies in general. Yeah, that's really cool that like the mechanical starro is is in Justice League. But it it really doesn't feel like these movies share a universe. Like at all. I know, Shazam at does all. because like Superman shows up at the end of the movie. And we know that's it's not really Henry Cavill. Well, they but, talk about Superman. He's got the Superman bullet. Like yeah. it's that Shazam is done much more in the vein of like an Ant Man or a Spider Man, where they're like, "This exists, but you're on your own because this is your movie, Paul Rudd." Like we're right. gonna reference it, <laughs> but like this is your day, buddy. Like, and it, they could they they almost did that in the first Suicide Squad. Like there was enough of the universe. But you're right. Yeah. Like the fact that they're like, "Oh yeah, Starro existed at one point," but. It, and we're just going to do him differently. But also, yeah. like, it's the Snyder Cut, so maybe it's an exception because it's not like that was canon when Suicide Squad was being made. Yeah. well, I like, don't know. But it's just it's just very DC. They just yeah. don't know how to, like, bring it all together. I'm really hoping, and I, I think that this is a way too optimistic false hope and they're never going to deliver, but I'm like, Flashpoint the fuck out of all of this. Oh, and I know. just yeah. make it... Just fix it. Just make it right. I know. Just use Flashpoint to make it right, and I just don't think that they will. I don't, so, I don't we'll think they to, can, honestly. I think it's too late. I think yeah. it's just like... They could. They could try to flashpoint it into correction because you... I, I don't... We'll talk about that another... Yeah. It's going to get us on a wicked <laughs> tangent. But I just... That's my hope for DC is that they can flashpoint it into being right. And I just... I don't know that they can. And it, it is weird that they like... It's like an Easter egg, but for something within the same universe, but it's not. Like, it's like... And this other version of Starro that's also in the same continuity, but yeah. okay. Like, what? 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I liked that that was there. I was like, cool, Let's. I, I like this version of Starro a lot better than lame mechanical Starro. Yeah. It doesn't get explained, right? <laughs> like, I was like, all right, well, this is better, so we just keep moving in the right direction. Um, yeah. And then, so let's talk about Starro's death here, because yeah, I low-key love it. That was rough. It. That was that was rough. Mm-hmm. I like so for me. I I have a thing with eyes. Um, I have a major phobia of like putting stuff in or like anything going on with my eye, or mm-hmm. a and like and. So you eye. did not like this. No, and I, I, the biggest issue about it for me is like, why could bullets not hurt him, but this javelin can go right through his yeah. eye i just thought that was kind of weird like because if that many people were shooting at him and all these bullets were like hitting him and stuff like that that part of his eye should have been like torn the fuck up yeah because his eye was huge it's not like believable yeah. that they'd be missing it with their gunshots yeah I, exactly that didn't totally but then, track. like the rat teeth can just tear apart his skin and uh, King Shark can just like eat part of him. That it's, was so funny. It's a nom nom. Yeah, it's Shark's a nom nom. Like, you can get it. Like nom nom for us, David. <laughs> I just like I thought. I thought it was weird. It just and it kind of went on for too long. Like yeah, the shot mm-hmm. of Harley inside his eye was kind of cool. But, it was hard to watch. But yeah, it was cool. It was it. It was like knowing that it was like ocular fluid made yeah. it hard to watch. Like, if, it, like if that was supposed to be no. water, which I guess is, that's all it really is. Kinda but it, yeah. you know, if it was actually supposed to be water, if she was in the fish tank. It would have been beautiful. But the yeah. fact that it was inside this thing's eye, and then the blood, and like the rats gnawing at its, yeah. its into its brain, and I'm like, okay, mechanics aside of how they were able to do that, because you're right, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was a fantastic use of their R rating. It was really oh, yeah. hard to watch, but it was yeah. also it looked great from like a CG standpoint. It the, the CG in this movie was on point. Everything it about was, it looked great, except for one part, and it's actually in the same part. Um, the sea of rats was <sighs> just that was such a cop out to me. I didn't like it. I thought it was really weak and out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah. there's way too many rats on this island. What the actual fuck? And if this is the case, why don't we use this to break into the facility? I mean, there's 70 billion of them. What yeah, the fuck? that's... Why didn't we just start with that? That... Uh, it should have just been, like... She should have just, from the from the beach, used her thing to control the rats yeah. and you're going and taking down the building if there's that many of them. Like, it was... I don't, I just, it was too many rats. It was kind of weak and unbelievable. And honestly, when you pair that with my my prior issue of like her thing with her dad kind of coming out in that scene in the very yeah. end, it all felt very contrived and convenient. And it, it was the weakest part of the movie, I thought. It was to me, 100%, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely like the weakest part. But to me, it was the weakest because we don't even know how her power works. Is she telepathy, or is she, like, tele- telepathy? Is she telepathically? <laughs> is she telekinetic? Yeah. Is no, she controlling the mental? Is she meta. using that wand? I know, that's what she I'm saying, though. Wand. Like this, this wand doesn't do anything, though. It doesn't... How does she tell... How does, how does her holding this light up tell the rats that they need to attack Starro? 
they like pathetically try to explain it with like my dad was a genius and a, and also like a heroin addict but he created this technology and it yeah. lets us control the rats and it's like that's all they give us is just he created a thing that lets me control the rats and I'm like fine I've believed in way more ridiculous technology in Marvel like yeah. sure but yeah, it and it doesn't explain how like Sebastian's like a sentient rat. Like she doesn't have to use her yeah. thing to communicate with Sebastian. Like he can I wave kind of wish. And, yeah, I wish that. And this goes to Marvel too. Even though obviously I think Marvel handles their shit like a pro, but I I think everybody needs to go ahead and embrace actual superheroes a little bit more. Because I'm not asking this question if they just tell me that's her meta power. I'm like cool. Yeah, exactly. I have no questions. Let's go. Like I, but because they have to try and ground everything, I'm like audiences are into this, guys. It is yeah, revenge of the nerds like, out there. Like we're here. You exactly. don't have to. I'm already gonna I, see this movie. Like you don't need to like pander to this almost scientific side of it. And it's like people aren't gonna be turned off by superpowers, guys. Yeah. Like not in the least. And it's and I think it's taking after Game of Thrones in an interesting way, which set this precedent when it came out of like, we're gonna make fantasy palatable to non fantasy fans. We're gonna make yeah. this low magic, which is what Song of Ice and Fire is, right? And then we're slowly gonna ramp up the magic now that we have your buy in. And it's like, look. Yeah. We don't, as audiences, we don't need to be pandered to that way anymore. Everybody's down. Like, people aren't going to be like, oh, God, it's a superpower or it's a magic. Yeah. I'm not into it. Like, people are going to watch the Wheel of Time and they're going to show up for all of the superheroes who have actual powers. Like, we're yeah. all here for that. You know what everyone's not excited for? Fucking Hawkeye. You know what everyone can't wait for? Doctor Strange. Like, let's just... Yeah. We're all here for for the magic and the powers, and I think that they should just go with that. And I don't know if her character in the comics is tech-based or not. So... I actually don't remember if memory serves... First of all, Ratcatcher's a, a Batman villain. Right. And... I don't remember. I think it is telepathically. I'm going to have to look that up. And if I have to make the correction, I will. But the other thing that I thought was really, really stupid about this was it goes back to the names thing again. When they're referring to her as Ratcatcher, they always call her Ratcatcher 2. Yeah, which I think is funny. I like it. I... I I don't know. I just thought that was so dumb. Like, you don't call... You didn't call War Machine Iron Man 2 when he took that suit. He wasn't even called War Machine until... Actually, he was never called War Machine. They make a throwaway... Com Tony calls. He's like, fine, you want to be the War Machine? Come on. But that the world doesn't know that. And then in 3, he becomes Iron Patriot. He's like, we focus grouped and people thought War Machine was too aggressive. I feel like they mentioned War Machine in Ultron at the bar or the party scene at Avengers Tower at Tony's. I think he's like, what? It's a War Machine story. I yeah. feel like that's the only other mention of it. Yeah. I, I think that it's played for laughs, right? Because in the beginning, they're like, what happened to Ratcatcher 1? Um, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, it. It reminds me of, like, some of the Flash villains on the CW. They'll be like, no, this is Turtle 2 or whatever, all the, yeah. like, post-crisis stuff. They kind of have that, and yeah. it's, a li it's a little bit of a running joke. Um, but where I think... Where I think stuff like that 
can be left behind and maybe should have been with her if it wasn't used for a joke is especially when we're looking at these characters who are female versions of a character that was originally male, like Captain Marvel. And I really appreciated that Captain Marvel wasn't like, oh, no, no, I'm the second Captain Marvel because the original one was this dude. But now he's because originally Captain Marvel was a guy, right, in Marvel Comics. And she's the second version of the character. And I like how they're like, no, we're not going to pretend we're not even just going to go there. Like, she just is Captain Marvel. She doesn't need to be the second version because the first one's always a dude like it was in the comics. So that's where I appreciate when they don't do that, where they just let let it be gender swapped or be the secondary version like She-Hulk for instance we're gonna get the secondary version of this character and it's a woman oh my god like Ocean's yeah. 8 or whatever and now that this time it's a girl like I I appreciate them just sort of like letting Captain Marvel for instance just be like she doesn't have well, to be the secondary version of anything but Ratcatcher 2 just made me laugh the way they used it and they kept saying it that way it was kind of funny to me so i let it go i mean yeah thinking about it now it is kind of funny um but i do think it's it's interesting that you bring it up as like oceans 8 versus Mm -hmm. like oceans 11 because it's one of those things like to me personally it's one of those things like dude just make a different movie don't don't change established stuff like you don't need to to put this in an existing thing like all those people calling for uh a female james bond <clears throat> excuse me female james bond mm-hmm. i i just i don't understand that well with james bond for me that depends on this sort of unknown continuity of james bond is yeah. 007 like are we meant to believe that all those movies are the same person or is 007 a code name that different people have like doctor who because in that case who fucking yeah. cares like i have no problem with a female doctor who the doctor changes it's yeah continuity exactly. that that happens like if james bond would explain their continuity of what 007 is because if 007 supposed to be the same guy every time and we're supposed to believe that and it's just different if his story is told with different actors over the years, then I agree with you. If 007 is a name given to any given 007, like this is a role that exists that different people fill, then I don't care that it's a woman. Then it should be anybody. Then it should be fucking Idris Elba if we're being real. I think it should be Idris Elba. I actually wanted that so bad. <laughs> but I, but it's like it just if they haven't defined their own continuity. So James Bond is a tough example for me because I'm like they need to explain themselves and then I can decide how I feel about any kind yeah. of change to the character, right? Because mm-hmm. they, if they're not going to explain their continuity, then I don't think it matters who you put in that role. But if they yeah. want to explain it, then, you know, that's up to Barbara Broccoli, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't yeah. she in charge of that? Like, Barbara. I think like, so, yeah. Clarify some shit for me. But but, <laughs> you know, but that's, I like when it's like a Doctor Who type character. I, and she's mm-hmm. stepping down as Doctor Who now. Um, yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. And incidentally, the thinker is a Doctor Who in this. Um, the guy who plays the thinker also played Doctor Who for a long time. Oh yeah, I thought I'm he looked familiar. Name. Yeah, I can't remember his name right now, but he played Doctor Who for a while, and I think it's bumming people out because he's great. He's a great actor, and now he's just again like gone with no explanation from the DCEU. So, yeah, Flashpoint, fix this for me. So, uh, so yeah, I thought circling us back around here. Yeah, the, I I really liked the the dead sorrow. I liked the the eyeball was gross. It was yeah. satisfactorily nasty and using of their R rating. I was in favor of all of it. Um, 
I thought Andrew Selba does a great job in negotiating them out of yes, their situation. 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he did an awesome job. And Waller is just like... I think that's why I liked this one so much better, is Waller just accepts... Okay, those are the terms. She's not like, I'm gonna kill all of you, which is exactly how she was in the first one. Mm-hmm. But in this one, she's just like, okay, I told you I'd make you a leader. Like, that's a fair trade. And then they yeah. go free. Yeah, which is nice. That's yeah. a nice change. Because that bummed me out at the end of the last one. I was like, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. BET, that's all you want? <laughs> that's, all right, fucking great. Like, that's I, that was unsatisfactory to me. So I like that, yeah. that that happens to all of them. And then, uh, yeah, and they do the right thing. And we get, everybody gets a character arc. You know, Harley with the javelin. So she like she's like, I finally know what why I'm carrying the javelin. And it's to yeah. go through Starro's eyeball. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, come and save this movie, Harley. Like, save, or save the day. Not save the movie. The movie was good. But, you know, I, I liked that. Because she did kind of exist on a side quest for a lot of this. So I was glad that she did come all the way full circle to actually solve this and kill Starro for them. And be yeah. the one who kind of primarily does that. Because she needed... Um, to contribute more to the team whereas she had her own personal arc that I really liked yeah, but she, she gets didn't to really, come for the team at the end yeah she didn't really do much for them until that uh, like up to that point uh, by the mm-hmm. way the guy that you're referring to is Peter Capaldi he was the thank 12th you. doctor thank you mm-hmm. um, and then we have so King Shark and the Power of Friendship <laughs> yeah. which I loved I loved in like Ratcatcher 2 is like falling asleep on him on the carrier out like just to, and he started out by trying to kill her, right? And yeah. Like the, and so I really liked his character arc, and just I really hope to see him in future Aquaman movies. I think it's going to happen. I think that's yeah, the plan. I think he's going to be in Aquaman too. I don't know where he could show up. Like, Aquaman. He's like that's what he does now in the comics, right? He's like an Aquaman. Well, villain yeah, now. he was originally an Aquaman villain. Um, I want him. I think he's supposed to be in Aquaman too, and I'm fucking here for it. See, I would be okay with it, except I also wouldn't because I don't know how he would play with Jason Momoa. Yeah. Because I don't want him to be a bad guy either. I know that's the thing. Like you don't <laughs> want him to be a villain. Anymore. Baby Groot is not a bad guy, and that's who this is. So, yeah. but I want to see him come up again. I re- he was the breakout from this movie for me, so I, I yeah. really hope he shows up again. But you're right, I don't see how he learns a lesson on the power of friendship and then becomes a bad guy a bad guy in Aquaman yeah. too. So I just I don't know, but I wanna see him back and I hope it's good. Um yeah. Bloodsport has like kind of the good inside him thing. We kinda of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. And he gets over his fear of rats and he snuggles with Sebastian at the end and yep. that all worked for me. Yeah, that was cute. Um, do we have anything else to say about his arc? I feel like we kind of. I don't. It. it really. The only other thing I'm gonna say is like she very clearly does not hurt his daughter. Does not care about him or anything like that. But then she gets all teary eyed when she's like, "That's my dad." Like, who? You don't. You can't do that. Like you can't pretend to like not give a shit about him, but then be like, "Oh my god, that's my dad," and then like start tearing up. I just thought that was weird. It didn't. It just felt kind of forced to me. I think that there is a deleted scene there that you could feel. Yeah. Because I think, and they just, the deleted scene would have helped explain this. Mm -hmm. But I think in the scene in the prison when they're fighting, like, she's so mad that he doesn't care that she stole. Right? He's like, you should have had an accomplice, which I thought was hilarious. And, like, feels like the kind of advice my dad would have given me. (laughs) (laughs) 
like doesn't give a fuck what I did wrong. Is just like here's how to not get caught. Yeah, I feel here's like how to do this better next time. I really liked that, but she was so upset by it. She does care about him because remember, opposite of love is not hate. It's it's apathy. Yeah. Right. Like I think she absolutely cares about him and about like what he thinks of her and how involved he is with her. And I think we're just missing a scene where maybe she's at home with her mom and she like post post prison scene or something like that and cares about this because she's the whole setup for the movie it's threatening her that convinces yeah. Bloodsport to do this so I agree that that was underdeveloped and I think that it could have made sense but I shouldn't have to extrapolate so much to get it there like the movie should have given me that I shouldn't have to try and justify it so you're right we're missing a scene or two yeah. on her um and then Ratcatcher 2, we kind of talked about for her her arc. Um, I thought that was the weakest, right? Even yeah. though I really liked her, it just, it didn't... It didn't it really come from anything, and it didn't really go anywhere. Like, there was no emotional payoff, because there was no emotion to begin with. I needed all the flashback stuff, like, way earlier. Yeah. To set her up. Um, while her staff get theirs she's kind of side they're kind like side yeah. her through the whole movie and they get yeah. to knock her out so even though i agree with your criticism of like waller's response to that um i did enjoy that they had a little bit of a full story arc themselves they weren't just there they had a thing to do like this movie was written by competent yeah you know exactly. james gunn <laughs> <laughs> um and then polka dot my only my only last thing to say about him is that he basically gets to go into one of those like rage rooms Oh, yeah. You know, where you get to go and break shit, and they're like, that's your mom right there. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to fuck her up. Like, I just, I enjoyed that for him. I love that. I spent, Like, I saw it in the trailer, like, obviously, where he's like, I'm a goddamn superhero. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that was really funny, but I, I did love that he transformed Starro into his mom. Mm-hmm. That shit was so funny to me. It was good. And... Yeah, I just I thought that he probably had them one of the better stories in the in the movie because not everybody can have a story. That's the thing. Like Flag didn't have a story. Peacemaker didn't have a story really. Um, Again, I think I I that's my note too. Is that I mean he killed Flag and that's kind of it. But I think his arc is being saved for the HBO show. Like I think yeah. that him killing Flag is the likely the inciting incident that will set him up for his TV show. Yeah. Right. So I'm okay with that not being like not really coming full circle cuz he's got many many hours of of television yeah. to fill. So that's he's okay. Coming. Let's leave something for HBO Max. Yeah, that's okay with me. Yeah. Um and I was bummed about Flag. I was. I really I like was, he didn't yeah. have much of an arc because he just was like it's kind of like the agent Coulson of this whole thing, right? He really was. Which is which is interesting because he wasn't even part of their team. The no. only person who really knew him was Harley and Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. If that. I mean, really, Harley. Yeah. And I like how she comments on their relationship later. She's like, he was my friend. Like, I, you know, and I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's legit. Like, Harley also kind of has an arc around the power of friendship. Like, she, you can tell yeah. that she's really settled in with this crew. And I think it helps justify why she's still there. Yeah. Like, because she's a strong enough character. And, and I think they've done what they needed to do with her now to set her up to be more independent and more badass and use her skills and be ready to headline her own movie. Yeah. So, good. Because I think that much like Deadpool is going to 
kind of uh, lead the way for anything R-rated in Marvel, which, like, please God, like, everybody yeah. knock on wood. Like, it's you're like, please don't, <laughs> don't fuck me. <laughs> yeah. I'm Come on, Feige. But but much like Deadpool will lead the way there on the Marvel side and, and also on, like, the Fox side when he was there, yeah. I really hope that Harley can do that for DC and kind of lead the way in the R-rated side of DC because I absolutely think that it is possible and this movie kind of proves it, to have a single continuity yep. and have some of it be rated R yep. and some of it not, and to make the movies the way that they did with this one so that they can stand alone. Because you kind of want that. Like, you want it to be in continuity, you want it to exist, but you don't want your 12-year-old to have to see this to go right. see the next Aquaman movie because you're going to lose money. Yeah. And they need money to make it good. So... I, but I think it's. T I think this is a great example of how that's possible, and I hope that Disney kind of is able to suit up and and handle it. You know, because mm. I think they'll. God I, help me if they don't. I think. I think they'll be able to do it only because Ryan is staying, but Kevin yeah. knows what people want and what they like expect from Deadpool, mm -hmm. and I. I, they've already said, like, it's still going to be rated R. Yeah, and they had him with Korg, right? Which I think is... I'm like, yeah. yes, give Deadpool to Taika for yeah. real. Like, that's... Let's just... I, th I think that Taika Waititi needs to come in and be the next Russo Brothers in the MCU. Yeah, um, I would... Well, he's he's directing Thor God, Love and Thunder, so yeah. we'll get that back, which I is I fucking know. Really well, good. and Ragnarok is the best. Like I, I agree. Anyway, we're going to tangent hard onto yeah. the MCU. We will talk about that in another... Well, <laughs> we'll be talking about that next week. Um, but I really hope that they do that. I think this movie is a great example of how you can exist in, in a rated R setting and be yeah. in continuity with stuff that is not rated R and have hardly cross over and have it work. You know, I, yeah. I think that they can find a way to do that. And I hope that this is the trend going forward for all of the superhero stuff, because some of these guys just fucking belong in an R-rated movie full yeah. stop. And trying to force them into something that is not that is a mistake. I agree. Yeah, I 100% I I agree. I want them, I, at DC especially, to just allow creators to create and trust that they will be successful yeah. even if they have an R rating and I, I just hope that they kind of allow that going forward yeah um, well let's get to your rating of this because we're almost coming up on two hours on this episode shit. so I know we're so bad alright yeah. I gave this a six and a half out of ten um, it was hilarious but it didn't really make me laugh out loud it was more kind of subtle like mm -hmm. I think I think as a movie I'm giving this a six and a half Maybe it's closer. I'm kind of teetering between six and a half and seven. Yeah. But as a DC movie, this is for sure, you know, above. Yeah. I think it's, I think I might put it just above Shazam or kind of right with Shazam. Like, I think it might yeah. even be better than Aquaman, but it's like not better than the Snyder trilogy for me or Wonder Woman, but it's better than Wonder Woman 1984. It's better than Justice League. It's better than. <laughs> You know, like, oh, I yeah. think, I don't know, it's kind of right in the middle for me, I think. What did yeah. you give it? I actually gave it a seven. Um, okay. And the only reason I gave it a seven instead of, like, I almost gave it a six, actually. But the only reason I gave it a seven was I I would actually be willing to watch this again. And that's, aside from Man of Steel, that is the first time I've ever said that about 
any of the DC movies. I've seen them all so many times. Dude, I... I did not care about Shazam. I didn't care about Birds oh, of like Prey. I like Shazam a lot. Birds of Prey can the TVA can have the whole thing, but yeah. I really like Shazam. Wonder Woman 1984 was terrible to me. I have um, not rewatched Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, uh, the first Wonder Woman genuinely felt like Captain America for half of the movie, and then mm-hmm. the other half, I was just like, dude, you can't be this naive. The whole like you just can't. You have to understand how the world works. Like, I liked that first Wonder Woman it, movie, but I also get it's. It would have been better were it not for Captain America: First Avenger. Agreed. Yeah. It's they're too similar. Yeah. But I hear you. I would encourage you to rewatch Shazam because it's on HBO Max now. I know, um, and I have thought about it because it was good. Uh, yeah, I I do like Black Adam, and that's the next like movie. Not and they're no, they're making Black Adam. They're also making Shazam two well, and yeah. Aquaman two are all in production right now, along yeah. with the Flash. So, I mean, come on, guys, pull it together. I want to see DC not suck. This is I a good know. first step in the direction of DC not stucking after after the release of Snyder Cut. Right? I'm like, things are looking up. I guess yeah. is. Um, did you give? We've talked about it a lot, so maybe just we'll throw out some numbers. But did you give Starro a villain death rating? Um, or the Thinker? So I gave Thinker a one. Because it just, I didn't care enough about him to be excited about his death. There was just no. Yeah, I just. He sucked. Yeah, the worst part of this movie. Um, Starro's death, it was higher. I think I gave it around a five or a six, and the only reason I gave it a five or a six was because of his comment at the end that he was he was just happy floating among the stars, and yeah, that was that was probably the only thing that saved that otherwise i was just like dude he just looks goofy while they're fighting him and i just i can't get behind this kaiju thing of regular people fighting him well, I and they had to do lot. some like pull out of their ass ra- tons of rats in the city killing him kind of thing i just i don't know it it didn't it didn't I, fully work for me i gave it a wicked high rating i gave it like an eight out of ten and yeah. i was like does this need to be a seven does this and i think a lot of it is bias coming out of like golden age and, and war era disney that we've been yeah. doing i think there's a lot of bias there yeah. so i'm kind of like whoa something real let me give it an eight out of ten yeah. but i also like the image of like his eye once it's like caved in and broken and full of blood and like yeah. it was sufficiently gruesome and like difficult to watch and it closes up harley's arc and it looks great and like i I liked it a lot. I liked everything yeah. about Starro in this movie, so I give that a super high rating. But I also think my villain death ratings have been all over the place, and I need some like <laughs> consistency in the movies that we're doing to kind of get my yeah. head around this rating, because I'm like, we're all over with yeah. villains right now. But, uh, so I guess let's, let's kind of wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. Um... So, first of all, we are going to be talking about Marvel's What If... So yep. want to kind of remind everybody about that. You guys can subscribe on Spotify and look out for that review coming next week of the first episode of What If. Um, if you guys have any feedback, we definitely want to hear it, what you thought about this movie um, and any feedback on any of the other stuff that we've done or what you're excited about for What If. You can reach us at timeline at gmail.com for our email. We're on Instagram at timeline. We're on Twitter at Behind Timeline. 
So reach out to us there with any kind of feedback or comments. Subscribe on Spotify. And we hope that you guys also had fun with the Suicide Squad. <laughs> and we'll we'll see you over on the other side of the multiverse for Marvel next week. Um, yeah. yeah, but until then, stay nerdy, guys. See you guys. <laughs>